all have the ability to be ourselves in job interviews, but often we get into our heads, we listen to the wrong people, and self-doubt can creep in. Hello, I'm Chester Elton, and this is my dear friend and co-author, Adrian Gostick. Well, thanks, Chess. Yeah, many people tell us they're not so good at job interviewing. But our guest today is determined to help job seekers get over their feelings of anxiety and get the future they want and they deserve. As always, we hope the time you spend with us will help reduce the stigma of anxiety at work and in your personal life. And with us is our new friend, Anna Papalia, author of the new book, Interviewology, the new science of interviewing, and an influencer with more than 1.5 million followers across, across her social media platforms. She has consulted with Fortune 100 companies, taught at Temple University's Fox School of Business, and coached more than 10,000 clients to interview better. Her groundbreaking discovery of interview styles has revolutionized the way we teach and understand interviewing. Anna, we are delighted to have you on the podcast. Thanks for finding the time. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Well, thanks again, Anna. And let's start with anxiety and interviewing. This this is such a great connection. Um, you know, we all feel apprehensive going in for a job interview. So how do we learn to be more self-aware, as you say, and, and just be ourselves, uh, which you say is the key to being successful in an interview? Well, I think one of the most important aspects of feeling less nervous and more comfortable and less anxious in a job interview is to first understand and identify what your interview style is and build up your self-awareness. Because ultimately, in the most basic sense, an interview is a set of questions about you. And the more you know yourself, the better you'll do. And there's lots of really bad old advice out there that tells us just memorize these perfect answers and you'll get the job. But I actually think that causes more anxiety to pretend to be something that you're not or to have to remember that memorized answer in a job interview. I'm a perfectionist, right? That's, that's what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> you got it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you if you Google that question, you know, what's your weakness? Yeah. There are so many results to say, ah, oh, just say you're a perfectionist. Do you know how many times I've heard that in interviews? Thousands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just too hard on myself. I just never quit. I, I never miss a deadline. It's, it's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about these four interview styles. Uh, can you walk us through, let's see, there's the charmers, the challengers, the examiners, and the harmonizers. And what does that tell us about ourselves? That's right. I'm sure we've all heard of love languages or you've done your Myers-Briggs or your Enneagram. I discovered interview styles after teaching people how to interview for six years and previously having been in HR for 10 years. I really wrestled with the fact, you know, I was wondering, you know, we don't all do this the same way. So I did a lot of research and I discovered that we have these four unique styles charmers, for example, are highly extroverted and highly accommodating. They go into an interview wanting to be liked. Charmers look at an interview like they are the star of the show, like it's a performance. Challengers, on the other hand, go into an interview wanting to be respected and heard. Challengers look at an interview like a cross-examination, and they're going to figure something out. You know, an interview is all about how you get someone to see you as qualified and challengers really want to show that they're qualified by asking those tough questions. And then we have examiners. Examiners interview like it's a test that they're either going to pass or fail. It's very binary. And they really focus on the facts and the figures and the details and how they're qualified. And they don't really pay attention to whether or not the person likes them. They are the opposite of a charmer. They're taking a test and the charmer is performing. 
And then lastly, we have harmonizers, which is the opposite of challengers. Harmonizers are warm and collaborative, and they look at an interview like a tryout for a team that they want to join. And they talk a lot in terms of we and us, and not so much I and me. And they are always thinking about how they're going to fit into the company, the department, and the group. Less so than, let's say, the challenger who's always thinking about how I'm going to fit in and what I can contribute. And they want to be respected and heard. So So are we a little bit of a mix of all those? Sorry to interrupt there, Chess, but are we a little mix sometimes? No. um, Everyone prioritizes one interview style over the other. It's important to know that there isn't one style that's better or worse. Um, And there are variations. So we have these four primary styles, but within those, there are some variations. So you could be a charmer with harmonizer tendencies or a charmer with challenger tendencies. So you might be on the cusp and there might be moments where you're more of a charmer than you are a challenger, for example. But your interview style is based on your personality, much like a personality assessment. So it's not based on like um, whether you're the job seeker or the hiring manager, for example. So I'm just curious, uh, what is your interview identity? I'm a charmer. <laughs> I was I was going to guess that, but yes, good, a charmer. I am highly accommodating. I prioritize making a connection. I prefer to tell stories. Even as a hiring manager, I want the person to like me. Chess, do you want to admit what you are? Uh, yeah, I, I'm very much. <laughs> I'm Anna. I'm just gonna not gonna. I'm just gonna forget. The, I'm just gonna say I'm an Anna. That's what I. Do. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, and I'm split. I don't know if I'm a challenger or an examiner. I've got to read the book, so I will. Uh, yeah, I will decide. Well, yeah. You you can actually take our scientifically valid interview style assessment to to find out for yourself on my website, theinterviewology.com, and you will receive a forty page customized workbook that outlines everything you're doing right and wrong in interviews. And then my book outlines all four styles and talks about the strengths and overused strengths of each style. And I share lots of client anecdotes. Awesome. What is that website, by the way, so our people can go? Sure. Theinterviewology.com. Perfect. So tell us a little bit now for managers, a lot of, a lot of leaders uh, listening to our podcast are, are thinking, look, I've never been trained in interviewing and I know I'm probably doing some things wrong, but I've, by my now I've got a good patter down. And uh, when, when we, Chess and I do executive coaching, we usually help people with their interviewing styles because it's all about the nuts and bolts instead of culture fit and things. So what are, what are most of us doing wrong as interviewers and what can we do better? Well, unfortunately, 90% of hiring managers have never been trained to interview. So most of us are doing a lot of it wrong. And we know that ambiguity leads to biased decision making. And we know that if you don't have a structured interview protocol, you're most likely going to just rely on hiring who you like. We've all seen this happen so many times. Hiring managers hire their mini-me's. You know, it they they don't have a structured approach. They took one candidate to breakfast. They had a Zoom with another candidate. Then they invited somebody else into a boardroom and they had a proper interview. And then how the heck do you debrief? You asked all these people different questions. You had totally different, like, we need to make the process more scientific. And the way to do that is to ask the same questions to different candidates in the same environment so you can equally compare and contrast your candidates. And then double points if you have a team 
that's interviewing with you so you can bounce ideas off of them and you can have accountability partners and you need to come up with great interview questions ahead of the interview. And would you recommend that the team ask the same questions that you're asking or does the team have a different script that they follow? I would recommend that everyone ask the same questions to the candidates. And here's my other tip for hiring managers. Almost every hiring manager talks way too much, way, way, way too much. According to the EEOC, an interview is a test and should be conducted like a test. I mean, when was the last time you took a test and you're like, hey, you know, what's the answer to blah, blah, blah. And then you walk around and you like whisper in their ear, you know, how many times have you seen that in interviews, right? They're like, so tell us why you want to work here. And the candidate maybe gives you a short answer and that's not sufficient. The hiring manager doesn't like it. So they help them and they start asking them or just start feeding them answers Six months down the road, they go to HR and they're like, I don't understand. This person's not great. They were awesome in the interview. What they did in the interview is they nodded and they smiled and you yeah. liked them because they were submissive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, an interview should be a test and that can be very hard for extroverted hiring managers. Ask a question and be quiet. Hiring managers should only be talking 20% of the time. I love that. By the way, we did this once where, you know, we had our team interview somebody, Chester and I were hiring and, and, uh, the team said, uh, not only don't hire him, you know, scream, don't hire him. Uh, but our CEO had already kind of liked the guy. So we ended up hiring him and how'd that work out just for us? Yeah, it was, uh, it was really brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst hire we ever made. Listen yeah. to your team, right? It yeah. was just a just a bad fit, and <laughs> and the dynamic there for us was is that upper management thought he was great, so it became yeah. really difficult for us to extricate yeah. from all that because we'd say, "Well, this, this, and this." I just don't see it. I just don't see it. You know, Abs- absolutely. I think that um, I, I have personal experience in this, having been the director of talent. I was the corporate gatekeeper. No one got hired without my approval, and that was in hindsight, a terrible way to do it and incredibly difficult, right? Making complex decisions about who to hire is benefited when you have a team to bounce ideas off of and people who are different than you. I'm a charmer, so I am attracted to other charmers. But so that means examiners rub me the wrong way in interviews, right? They're private, they're quiet, their answers are much shorter. They're really talking a lot about the job and not so much about who they are. And it leaves us getting our wires crossed. But if I had to debrief with someone who was my peer, who was an examiner, and I said, eh, I don't really like them. We didn't connect. That person could say to me, oh, I really did. I appreciated their professionalism. And that balances it out. We need that in the interview process. The worst thing that you can be doing as a hiring manager is doing it alone. Right. Good, good, good. Okay. So uh, I've got the job. Let's go to the next phase. Uh, Now we're in the final negotiations of, you know, how much you're going to pay me. What recommendations do you have there? So as a director, as a previous director of talent acquisition, I've made thousands of job offers. And I was always stunned when I would make an offer, someone would say, oh, thank you so much, I accept. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like I wanted to jump through the phone and be like, no, you don't accept. You you have to negotiate. No company ever leads with their best offer. Imagine buying a house or negotiating with a plumber. You never start with your best offer. And sometimes when people are hesitant or worried about losing the job or, or weirded out about this, I encourage them to just simply say, 
is this negotiable? To even see if they can even broach the subject. Sometimes companies will say, we've given you our best. You're at the top of the salary range. We can't. But then there are other things you could negotiate like PTO or title or benefits. Mm -hmm. And so I would never, ever, ever accept Mm -hmm. a job on the spot, ever. Because I I saw one of uh, your interviews where somebody said, you asked for 80 grand, they gave you 80 grand. But you said, still negotiate, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing. So, you know, a lot of people and commenters on on social will be like, well, you know, they gave me what I wanted. And I'm like, and then they'll say, if you ask them if it's negotiable, why, why would they negotiate with you? I'm like, because they want to hire you. Because they've interviewed 50 people. They've identified you're the one that they want. Don't get crazy now. Don't start getting nervous now. If you're professional and you ask them, is this negotiable? They're not going to rescind your offer. That is like an urban myth. It's an urban legend. I, I hear it on social sometimes in comments. I've quite frankly never seen. I've worked with thousands of clients. I have never, ever heard of a company when you say, is this negotiable? They say, ah, oh, never mind. We're not going <laughs> to offer. Not doesn't happen. Does you not know, happen. This is so funny that you say this, Anna, because, uh, you know, we negotiate on various things. And we had a project that we're, we're doing for this company. And we were super busy. And so we said, well, let's give them this number. And if they say yes to that number, we'll do it. And we thought it was like a big number. And we gave it to them and they said yes. And our first reaction was, dang it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we should have asked for, you know, just a little bit more, you know. There was yep. a guy who said, you know, you, you, the number has got to be one of those numbers that's not so high that they go, geez, but not so low that they say yes. You know, oh, yeah. You have to be in that middle middle range. Right? Absolutely. When they say yes right away, you're just kicking yourself. You're like, damn it. I should have asked for 20 more. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Hey, how can people learn more about your work, Anna? Where would you send them? Sure. They can go to my website, theinterviewology.com, take our assessment to discover their interview style. You can purchase my book that's coming out January 30th. And I share tons of free tips on social. I have over a million followers. So you can follow me wherever you get your social content. I post the same videos on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of it. So give me some interview tips that kind of trip people up. Um, the questions that they're, you know, maybe they aren't expecting. Uh, we, we used to ask one that, tell me about a time when your values were tested. And it's amazing how much that tripped people up. They'd go, what do you mean? You know, they hadn't even thought of what their values were. So what are some interview questions, maybe that are pretty common, but do trip people up? Usually it's the personality question. So there are five types of interview questions. Um, You know, there are standard interview questions, technical questions, brain teaser questions, and then there are these personality questions. And it's something like the one you're asking, or if you were an animal, what type of animal would you be and why? The reason why people ask these questions, as you all have, is because most of the time interviewing is formulaic and people come in with their standard memorized answers. And the interviewer wants to shake them if they want to see if they can think on their feet. They want to see what makes them tick. And the only way to do that is to ask them a surprising thing or something they haven't thought of to get their real answer. And I always coach clients to don't panic, take a deep breath and think about what they're asking you. Show your personality, share a real story about the time your values have been tested. Or, you know, if they're saying what type of animal would you be? They're not it's not real. If I say, oh, well, I would be a dog. You're not going to look at me and go, no, wrong answer. You wouldn't be a dog. No, there's no right or wrong answer to these questions. 
it's about how you back it up, right? So dogs are loyal and um, and and wise, for example. That's how you would back it up, and you would use those same attributes of your personality. Um, I wouldn't say that I was a sloth or a shark for obvious reasons. <laughs> I was going to say, but... I think there is a wrong answer to that one. <laughs> I think or snake. Sloth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cobra, will. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I have seen people pull off some crazy answers and they make you laugh. Like I've heard ant. I've heard panda. I've And I'm like, pandas sleep like 20 hours a day, you know, but they pull it off and they're charming and funny. And, and it's a moment of levity in the interview. You're showing your personality. Again, there's no right or wrong answer. Technical questions have right or wrong answers, right? Like how do you do a pivot table in Excel if you can't you can't bullshit your way out of that answer, right? I mean, some people can, I suppose. Um, but these ones, we just want to get to know you. And as I always say, an interview is a set of questions about you. The more you know yourself, the better you'll do. And the more you practice, the better you get. Excellent. It's a, a good transition as we uh, head out, right, Jess? About you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um Here's the thing is, is we're always interested in self-care tactics. You know, you're a charmer and all these kinds of things. And, and, and we're really, maybe you've got a million and a half followers, the, the care tactics of successful people, because you're not always a charmer. You can't be a charmer, you know, hundred percent of the time. So what are some of the things that you do to keep your energy up and keep your anxiety low when you're going into big interviews or coaching big clients? I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm type A. <laughs> I don't know if, you know, I'm I'm sort of constantly working. I see work as a way for me to manage any anxiety, right? Like I said before, I believe that you get better at things the more you do it and the more you practice. I one of my favorite business books of all time is Good to Great, you know, always coming up every day and confronting the most difficult decisions. That's how I manage any anxiety is by taking it head on. Um, I don't have any hobbies. I don't get massages. I just do it over and over and over again. And I also think that that's how I've built such a massive following. I look at social media, especially as this immediate feedback machine. I know instantaneously if I have hit in the right zeitgeist or delivered a message that works. And then when I don't, I obsess about how to make it better. And I also coach my clients on how to interview in this way, right? Like it's this immediate feedback mechanism. You know, in an interview, when you've said something that lands and it's not about pretending to be your something you're not, it's not about memorizing the perfect answers. It's about putting yourself in that situation to continually do those reps, to get that practice. So you are being authentic and it's coming off well, you're making the right impression. And that is, that's my life's work. And that's what I feel is is what work is, right? I feel as though careers is a development of how I can develop myself. And I think some people have, especially post-COVID, we have this very complicated relationship with work. And it's all about quiet quitting and doing more work for the man. I don't look at it like that at all. I'm like, how can I develop me? I'm going to develop myself. I'm going to take these skills to the next place, or I'm going to learn something when I post this video. And of course, I'm sharing tips and I'm giving a lot of stuff, but also I'm learning the best way to deliver that message. So is it a coping strategy? I suppose it's how I learn. It's how I develop. And that's how I cope because it's continual. It's constant. Awesome. 
Great answer. Awesome. Way, way better than I'm a sloth. this has been a great conversation anna um okay so last few years you've been working on this book it's finally out if you had a couple of big takeaways you'd want our listeners to to understand from from this work you've been doing over the last few years uh, in a nutshell what would they be Well, specifically around the research that I did in discovering interview styles, I have to say that I went into this thinking, you know, I had this light bulb moment like, huh, I wonder if we don't all interview the same way. And then in the back of my mind, my hypothesis was like, well, you know, I mean, I'm the best at interviewing, so I'm just going to discover, you know, that my style is the best style. And I'm so glad that I was incredibly humbled by my research and I discovered that there isn't one style that's better than others and that charmers, while we are maybe socially preferred in some interviews because interviewers generally prefer extroverts, we have a lot of room to, you know, grow and change and improve and as do all the styles, right? We have strengths and overuse strengths. So that was the first maybe sort of shocking hypothesis that I made that was turned on its head. And the other is that um, I learned in this process through being humbled, through collecting research, that I had been doing it all wrong. And if you go around telling people that this is exactly the way to interview and I've got the perfect answer, and I told my publishers when I started this, I was like, I am never going to tell someone I've got the perfect question. If you ask this question in interviews, you know, you've seen those headlines, right? This CEO has the perfect interview question to know if this person, if you're saying that, you don't know what you're doing. You know, having interviewed over 10,000 people, I now know how difficult this is and how Um, hard it is to make complex decisions about who to hire. And it has made me really open-minded. And in addition to collecting this research at the same time, I had children. So (laughs) (laughs) in a way that having children opens you up and realizes, oh my gosh, right? Um, In collecting this research at the same time. And I also worked with thousands of college students who also felt like my children in a different way. And seeing all these different perspectives and all these different ways of doing it humbled me in such a wonderful way. Um, I think that's been such a beautiful lesson from collecting this research and understanding I didn't have all the answers. Neither do you. None of us do. We need each other. Great, great summation. Well, our guest has been Anna Papalia. Uh, Papalia, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Anna Papalia. It's fine. Yeah, her book is coming out in January. It's Interviewology, the New Science of Interviewing. Uh, look her up on Instagram and LinkedIn and all those good places. Take her assessment. Interview better. Get that job. And whatever you do, do not take the first offer, you knucklehead. Uh, it's been a delight to uh, have Thanks, you with Anna. us here today. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So much fun. Thank you. So, Adrian, um, so much good stuff. I mean, it's such a fun interview, right? Yeah, yeah. I keep thinking, how could I pull off telling people I'm a sloth? I don't think I could do it. I don't have <laughs> or, a good... Uh, or a snake. Or, or uh, a, Yeah, there's a lot of kind of animals you wouldn't want. Yeah, A shark. She said, I wouldn't go with shark. <laughs> no, no. I remember somebody answering in their interview. A hiring manager told me, this guy told me he was like... He asked, I asked that question. He says, I'm a monkey. I like to bounce all around and stuff. And he says... 
Six months later, he was a monkey. He was in everybody's business. And that's what monkeys do, right? <laughs> you know, well, been, yeah. And, and when he started throwing his feces, that's when they let him go. Yeah. Exactly. I, I do love that. I'm a scorpion. Really? I Then I don't think you're right for, for yeah, this guy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I love that she has done all this research and yeah. there's these four identities. Find right. out which one you are and be yourself. You yeah. know, don't don't memorize perfect answers. Don't go in yeah. thinking that there is a right answer. It's you're selling yourself. And yeah. that is such great advice. And don't try to be a charmer if you're not. Right. I remember losing a big job once because, you know, they said, ah, the guy we hired, he, he was the guy you most would want to go to a party with. Well, no, I'm not going to be that guy. I, I'm thinking more about it. I'm more of a challenger. I want to be, I want to be qualified. I want to be heard. I want to ask tough questions. You know, that's, that's where I come in, but we are who we are. And so I think you're, you're right. Be who you are and, and play to your strengths. Yeah. Nobody gives you the best offer out of the box. I thought yeah. that was, just, she goes, and by the way, just ask, is this negotiable? Yeah. I say, well, can you ask that? So, yes, they want to hire you. Yeah. Right. They've gone through all these people. They've landed on you and everything's negotiable. And if it's not salary, look for something else. Exactly. Such great advice. And we've been caught in that trap a hundred times, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, how much you yeah. got? Fine. I'll take it. You know. Well, and I like this too. ask the, the same questions in the same environment, make it's like, uh, you know, trying to hire a violinist for the symphony. They use screens, right? They don't, they you don't see the person. And there's right. a reason for that is you don't want to be biased. Well, ask the same questions, same environment, get your team to interview them. So you don't fall into our trap where, where we didn't really listen to our team. Boy, did we after that, you know, every interview, interviewer, we, we asked our team and listened to what they thought. I like your advice for interviewers as well. Uh, don't talk too much. Yeah. You know, ask the question, listen, right? Yeah. You should be talking 20% of the time, not 80% of the time. And then lastly, for me, it was, was kind of interesting when she said, uh, I don't have any kind of like um, practices or meditate. You know, we so many mm -hmm. times in our podcast, it's it's going for a walk, it's meditating. So and she goes, "I'm type A. You know, my <laughs> I work. I, work yeah, <laughs> I, I like to work, and uh, that's my that's my medicine." Yeah. And again, being so genuine, good for yeah. her. You know, she could have said, "Yeah, I meditate for three hours a day." And then, yeah, yeah. I, she was a charmer, and that's why charmers, yeah, kind of spark with other charmers. And so, yeah, I love that. Hey, uh, this has been so great. We have such interesting guests here. We learned so much. So we want to thank Anna for being on the show today. A big thanks to our producer, Brent Klein, to Christy Lawrence, who helps us find amazing guests like this, and to all of you who listened in. If you like the podcast, please download it, share it with friends. And we'd also love you to visit thecultureworks.com for some free resources to help you and your team thrive. And we love to speak to audiences all over the world, you know, whether it's virtually or in person, whether you're doing a leadership team retreat or you've got everybody uh, all hands on deck. We, we love to speak about gratitude, about uh, anxiety and re resilience in the workplace, about culture and, of course, leadership and teams. So give us a call. We would love to speak to your event. Well, Adrian, uh, we laughed through the whole interview. It was uh, so engaging, so fun. I'll let you uh, have the last word and wrap us up. You bet. Don't forget to pick up our book, Anxiety at Work, to help with you and your team. Uh, until next time, we wish you the best of mental health. <laughs>